You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Welcome, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Friday, the 8th of July, 2022. Thank you all for tuning in. On today's program, we're going to be trying to get into as quickly as possible. We'd appreciate your prayers for the weekend. Preaching in Galway, our Galway Congregation of the Reformed Presbyterian Church. And um, we'd appreciate prayers for that. Going to be traveling there tomorrow. Um, but before that, um, I'm going to be looking at this. Trying to get through the whole thing. I'm probably going to fail miserably, but going to record a lot of this program i suspect and put it on youtube um it's a jordan peterson interviewing dave rubin now anybody's aware of jordan peterson and dave rubin knows that they've been friends for quite a while they kind of run the same circles etc and so on for those of you not aware just to give you a brief bit of background and i suspect a lot of people are aware of this that Dave Rubin is quote unquote married. Well, he's not married. He's he says he's married to a man, which we know is an impossibility. Um, it's a redefinition of marriage. It is not a marriage at all. It's between one man and one woman. Um, that is the definition of marriage. If we're going to go anywhere else outside of that, and then can you marry animals? Can you marry? And they go into this in this conversation, but. The, the the danger is here, the conservative movement, which is more conservative, generally speaking, in the United States than it is here in the UK. Uh, I live in Northern Ireland. Well, it depends where you go. But largely speaking, the, the big danger is that the more conservative or right-wing, quote-unquote, side of the aisle has just moved on from the gay marriage debate and has just accepted gay marriage as in an actual marriage. And now we've all gone on and we're just talking about the trans issue now. For the same reason, if a woman comes to me and says she's a man or a man comes to me and says she's a woman or a man comes and says he's a woman, I'm not going to lie to them and say, you know, say that you're a woman or whatever. That kind of compelled speech or whatever you want to call it. It's a lie to think that somebody can change their biological sex. It's also a lie, a satanic deception to think that Dave Rubin is married, that the, that he's homosexual for want of a better term a partner is in any way married to him is is the same kind of deception and the same kind of denial of the natural order and the natural law the law of God we know in creation that there is male and female two genders And out of those two genders, they come together and have offspring. Every single species on this earth 
demonstrates this. The way we've been made, there's there's natural and then there's unnatural. There's the created order, the way God has ordained it and meant it to, to be, and then something that is a perversion of that. That's what's being discussed here. But marriage has been redefined, sadly. And look, if you accept Dave Rubin as being married, then that is a redefinition of marriage. Just as much as the rest of it. We may like him. We may think he's a nice guy. We may think it's great that he's willing to sit down, and it is great he's willing to sit down and have a conversation with people and be rational with people. But he is not married. And this is what we're going to get into. We're gonna, we're gonna, we better play it because I'm getting way ahead of myself. But um, So I don't think... This is going to be done. It won't be done in one program. I don't know if I'm going to do another program on it. If I do do another program on it, it will only be available at MiggitRadio.com. It won't be on YouTube. This will be on YouTube. So we're going to get into this, um, dealing with this re- recent interview Jordan Peterson did with Dave Rubin. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that I'd be having this conversation publicly, first off, who? You know, I was going to do this thing where the playback speed was 1.25, but I think it just sounds too weird. We're going to do it at normal speed. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that I'd be having this conversation publicly, first off, that, mm-hmm. I'd, be, that I'd be married, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. That I'd have be having kids, I wouldn't have believed you. That I would be willing to talk about this, or even, right. someone, that, even someone that someone else might look to. Now, th- this is really a summary of, this is kind of an introduction, so I'm not really going to comment too much on it. I still don't believe him saying he's married. He's not married. He is not married. Not in any, by any definition of the word. To help map it for them, I'd say you were completely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not really something, you know, I'd rather talk about politics. I'd rather talk about the yeah, culture well, wars important. and well, all this, of these other things. This is a political but issue a, too, yes. because we're trying to sketch out a pathway, I suppose. I mean, our culture appears to have decided that Gay marriage is, well, I don't know if acceptable is the right word. It's become part of the structure of marriage itself. And so now the question is, okay, what does that mean? Hello, everyone. I'm here today with my colleague and my friend, Mr. Dave Rubin, host of The Rubin Report, a top-ranking online talk show known to many of you. He's an author, comedian, and TV personality best known for his political and cultural commentary. Mr. Rubin began his career, like so many people in the online world, as a stand-up comedian and continues to perform on stage in that guise throughout the U.S., In an effort to combat big tech censorship, Ruben founded Locals.com, a subscription-based digital platform that empowers creators to be independent by giving them control over their content and data, something we could all use. 
Dave's first book, Don't Burn This Book, Thinking for Yourself in an Age of Unreason, was a New York Times bestseller. His second book, Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia, was published by Penguin. And I, look, I haven't read these books. They, they probably are very good in places. I'm probably sure there's places where we're going to, we're going to find points of commonality because he has not, as the woke left has done, completely tossed out all the creator. He's cherry-picking from it. Um, and, and there are points. This is why it's like so... This is why conservatives like Dave Dave Rubin because everybody's gone so far left that it's like somebody a little bit to the right of them is like, oh, wow. But could you imagine if you had Dave Rubin like 20 years ago or in the 1990s, would he have even been considered a conservative? Um, hmm. Random House on April 12th, 2022. Dave and I got to know each other First, when he was one of the earliest public figures to support my efforts on the fight against compelled speech in Canada and elsewhere. And then more deeply, when he opened for me in 125 cities during my 2018 book tour. I concentrated during that tour talking to my audiences on many issues pertaining to responsibility and meaning, including family life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Mr. Rubin currently resides in Miami with his husband, David Janet, and they're rescued. Your friends are going to impact your worldview and the way you see things around you and your opinions. And don't think that it won't. Um, Again, Dave comes across as a very nice guy. Okay. Uh, If... If I bumped into him and he was willing to listen to me and come in and talk about the Bible and sit down with a cup of coffee, I'd love to with him. Honestly, uh, I he just seems like that kind of person. You get these very rare people who are willing to listen. I don't know how much of a struggle is going on within him, but there is definitely a struggle. Why? Because he's got a conscience. He's been created in the image of God. So has his homosexual partner. I refuse to call him husband. Um, they've been both created in the image of God. And, you know, they are... There's part of the normal structure of family that they like. But they've held on to their perversion and their deviant lifestyle all the same. Say, oh, well, we're not involved in all the deviant lifestyle. You are living in a in a deviant relationship from the get-go. That's what it is. Clyde. Good to see you, Dave. It's good to see you, my friend. I have to say, this this feels a little bizarre to me. We've done so many of these in so many different cities and countries and different chairs and on Skype and Zoom and every which way. And I'm usually reading your bio. I know, is, I know. This I know, is bizarre, I, man. I know. I don't usually interview you. But we, <laughs> we, we talked together a couple of weeks ago. You have big changes coming up in your life. And we talked about having a serious conversation about that. I know that Please correct me if I'm saying anything that isn't accurate. A lot of what I talked about when we were together on the 2018 tour was the responsibility or the meaning that's inherent in responsibility and the kind of meaning that sustains people through 
crises and catastrophe. And part of my, the propositions I was putting forward, I suppose, was that most of that meaning is to be found in responsibility, especially to other people. And I talked a lot about the role of family in people's lives. And at that point, you really hadn't been considering children, not seriously, although your partner, your husband, was more committed to that than you were. You said you've told me that your views changed to some degree, at least in part, as a consequence of us communicating over the course of that entire year. So maybe you could fill people in on that front and let let them know what's happening. Yeah, and, and it seems like there's been some of what of an influence and rubbing off of Jordan Peterson's ideas and this this aspects of Jordan Peterson's philosophy, if you want to call it that, that it would be very much at times consistent with general revelation and the revealed what is what is revealed in nature what is said in the bible and i say that because there's there's scripture tells us about this you know the heavens declare the glory of god and you know that the the unbeliever in romans 120 is without excuse because god has been revealed his invisible attributes, his deity has been revealed in creation because who else could have made this and sustained this? Only the God of heaven and earth, all-powerful, all-knowing. So that is the God revealed in creation. But unbelievers like Peterson, he he's not a Christian, okay? I think People sometimes try to latch on to certain things. And yes, he's struggling with Christian theism and he may be close. I don't know how close he is or may not be, but he's he's not a Christian at this moment in time. During the whole conversation, he doesn't demonstrate any kind of qualms. He accepts that two people of the same gender can be married to each other. That may, you know, major red flags, whether somebody's actually believing the Bible or not. Um, where is his authority? Is his authority what society believes, what the conservative movement says, or what, you know, Carl Jung or some other psychologist has said in history? You know, he's a very conflicted person. He's a very, very bright person. He's in, in a lot of ways, he's, he's a very brilliant person. He's a very interesting person to listen to. This is one of the reasons why, um, he is so popular and I'm not against people reading them, I think you can learn things from people who are not necessarily believers, but you've got to always test everything against the word of God. Like he's pointing back towards a lot of things that we've lost, the discipline in society and things like that. And um, some people might call common sense, but that common sense isn't all that common these days, is it? Uh, you know, so this is me trying to be anti-Jordan Peterson, not even anti-Dave Rubin. We should pray for the souls of Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin, and this other man involved in this relationship with Dave Rubin, and that the relationship would end, and that they would no longer in an open way, fight against the reveal will of God. Sure. Well, 
So David and I met 13 years ago yesterday, and I know it was yesterday because we met on my birthday, believe it or not. It was on my birthday, and then I got an even weirder one for you. It was at the Gay Pride Parade in New York City, which now they've become sort of these sort of crazy circuses, but back then it wasn't quite like that. But I actually literally remember when he walked into the room and he was wearing an American flag tank top, which I'm pretty sure you can't wear to a pride parade anymore. Uh, but in any event, uh, we've been together for about 12 years. We've been married for seven years. And um, I'm 46 now. So I grew up in a time when I never even, first off, I struggled with my sexuality for a long time. Partly we've discussed this. I felt, you know, people, it's sort of like a Homer Simpson quote that I love. And I know you can do the Simpsons thing all the time. This isn't per se, but he's homosexuality. But the fact is, you know, there's the, there's the love gotten written in his heart. There's there's creation all around him pointing toward a God of heaven and earth and what is good, what is natural, et cetera, and so on. So yeah, you're going to struggle with that, but whether you're going to bow to what is natural or whether you'll bow to what is unnatural, there's... Why do we know the bestiality is wrong? Why? Or incest or anything else like that? You say, well, it's unnatural. Why? Because we know that for that type of activity that we're talking about here, takes between takes place between a, a male and a female of the same species. Now I'm talking about um, procreatively and things like that. Outside of that, it's completely unnatural. And there was a death penalty for it in Leviticus chapter 18. You know when you go through the Bible and you look for instances of homosexuality? It's not that they're just negative. They're overwhelmingly negative. Because they, in these communities, they are fighting against the created order. They're fighting against any trace of the image of God in society. And so you'll get the horrendous picture of Genesis 19 of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you get it, our society going more and more in this direction. You may get the odd outlier. You may get the odd anomaly. You may get the odd person in the quote-unquote LGBT community, it's not even really a community, but you get one of those people who is saying, you know what, the parts of the created order I like, I like the family structure, I like this, but I'm still not willing to bow the knee to Christ. I'm still in rebellion against what has been revealed. And and, And people like Dave are very, very rare. Judith Reisman, she was um, not a Christian, but kind of a a researcher. I think she's a secular Jew, or she might be a religious Jew. I'm not sure exactly. 
she did a lot of research on the sexual revolution and on Alfred Kinsey, the father of the sexual revolution. Man, he went on to influence the likes of Hugh Hefner, um, a lot of people who went around telling people that sex aside marriage was okay, no detrimental effects to society and all this kind of stuff. And Judith Reisman in her research, in her books, I you couldn't do this, you know, as a Christian because of the nature of the research, but she did a lot of research into various things to do with the homosexual community. And in one of her books, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. She's done a number of books on, on, on Kinsey anyway. I think it's Crimes and Consequences. Kinsey Crimes and Consequences, I think, is the book. But in that book, she talks about how among the homosexual community, and this is from data collected from upper-class homosexual magazines like The Advocate and things like that, okay? Again, this is such vile stuff that really Christians and other people really... Should we really be going to it? But I digress. But the minor it's a minority position among the homosexual community, even in upper class segments, that even believes in monogamy. Monogamy, I think it was only like somebody 8%. And even with those people who do believe in monogamy, it's not that they're faithful to each other. Call it faithfulness. You talk about multiple partners, and this is the norm. So, if what Dave Rubin is saying is true, he's like a hen's tooth. But you see, within the movement, and there's been people have done studies for decades ever since. Kinsey's fraud, most of his research was fraud, and based on abuse and other things like that. People have seen that the deviant nature of the movement never goes away. Now, that, even if it did, it wouldn't make it right. It's contrary to God's law. That enough of itself makes it shows what it is. But at the same time, what they're saying is wrong and what is being implied by the interview is like, well, if we just allow them have an an avenue of some normality, then lots of them would go down this route. Number one, it's not biblical and it's not right anyway. But even if it could go down this route, it doesn't happen. All the available data shows because it is an abnormal lifestyle, a lifestyle contrary to nature, this will always be the end result. The stuff you see at Pride Parades today and that other disgusting things. Multiple partners and monogamy basically not really a thing in, in, in those communities. It's just the outworkings of a of a movement that is based upon lust 
insatiable lust and doing what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, doing whatever you want to do. Uh, I like my beer cold and my homosexuals flaming. And I sort of thought that was what it meant, that gay, even though I was attracted to men, that gay meant something else. Gay meant like you like the theater or you like to dance or you like Madonna or something. And I didn't really care for any of those things. So I really had some some distance between my feelings and, and my attractions and sort of the way the world could map to that, so to speak. And as a, as a Gen Xer, um, there was nothing, we never talked about gay marriage. You didn't even talk about anything gay. There, there was nothing, you know, growing up in the 90s, there, were, there was no role model to look at. Um, the only person that I ever saw on television that made any sense to me was in two episodes of The Golden Girls. Blanche's brother comes out as gay and he marries a cop. This is 1991, NBC primetime. Obviously, gay marriage wasn't legal for another 30 years or something. But I, So I had no role models. I had no nothing. So I sort of just never thought about getting... This is one of the reasons there's no role models is because one of the re- life expectancy is far shorter for people who engage in this kind of behavior. Married, having a family, truthfully, and I didn't even realize this till we were on tour, I never thought of the future. I sort of thought of my present all the time. And then when we were on tour... Flash forward a bit, David and I got married. And even when we got married, we never really talked about having kids or even what a family meant. We knew we, we love each other. What? Okay. If the Supreme Court or anybody else makes these rulings said that you can marry your dog or cat, or you can marry your toaster, or you can marry your building, or go on and on and so forth. All, if, if marriage means anything... It is the definition that's been there for thousands of years. And where did that definition come from? Creation. Adam and Eve, prior to the fall, this has been there from creation. And if you redefine marriage, you basically destroy marriage. You've created something else. Call it whatever you like, but it's not marriage. If you take God out of society in every single point, then you hollow out anything. Now, one of the things, I think it was Marsha Giesen said this. She's a, she was a, at least, I don't know, if, I heard this comment by her a number of years ago, and she was a homosexual a- a- activist. She was both a Russian and American. She said that basically... She believed that marriage should be, well, redefined, yes, and anybody should be allowed to get married, but it should also be destroyed. Now, I don't think that everybody thinks it that far ahead, but essentially by allowing anybody to do whatever you want with marriage, you render it completely meaningless. Now, they do touch upon this somewhat, but unless it means, unless male means male, male can mean what you think in your head, well, the definition has changed and the whole idea of maleness or femaleness is completely gone. That's the trans movement. And people aren't willing to go that far yet. Give it a few years, maybe. Who knows how people will be talking then. But right now, marriage, people aren't bothered about marriage. People are willing to redefine marriage. Everybody's so worried about their own rights or, or, or whatever's, but... When it comes to 
institutions brought in by God. The, the family itself, because marriage has been redefined, the family has been redefined. You know, a lot of this whole discussion has come about because of, quote-unquote, gay parenting and all this kind of thing. And this was warned about years ago, during the whole gay marriage debate. Excuse me. And we... Um, that wasn't the argument I was going with. It, it, it was contrary to God's law, and that's enough, right? But a number of people were arguing, well, it's going to affect adoption, etc., and surrogacy. Now, this is in the United States, I know, but usually it doesn't take much for, you know, when America sneezes that everyone else gets a cold. It spreads pretty quickly. Whatever is happening in America or even Canada or wherever. The world is very interconnected these days. And usually what what spreads around the world is our bad ideas. We have a great time together and, you know, we love the same things. And I think in most ways we bring out the best in each other. Um, sometimes we bring out the worst in each other and that probably is, that's probably good for you're married. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but then right around when we were on tour, so now this is 2018, uh, David started talking about having kids Mm -hmm. and we were texting a lot about it while we were on tour. And then I'm with you on, you know, on stage every night. It's a completely nonsensical, let's have kids. Well, let's look naturally, right? I know there are some men and women, husbands and wives they cannot have children. I know that. They generally don't find that out until after they're married, though. But leaving that aside, that does happen. I know that. And it's hard for those people in those situations. But two men definitely can't, naturally. Now you say, well, what about adoption? I don't even want to get into the whole surrogacy thing here. It is highly unnatural. It is wrong on so many different levels, but I don't really want to get into it here because I think it would distract too much from the main conversation here, which is the kind of environment that these children who do exist now and are in their mother's wombs. By the way, they have mothers. Each of these children in question, between Dave Rubin and this other guy, there's two children... Dave Rubin is the is the father of one of them, and he, there's a mother as well, and the same for the other guy and and that and that mother. You cannot in a family structure. I know sometimes there'll be single parents, sometimes through no fault of the single parent, perhaps a person, you know the. the they're a widow or a widower or whatever the case may be. I'm not including these kind of things. That's not desirable either. It's a mother and a father. A person needs a mother and a father. But two men acting as quote-unquote dads in a deviant, unnatural relationship cannot set the right standard 
And by allowing this within the conservative movement, this fundamentally redefines the family. Fundamentally redefines the family in the United States, and it's going to redefine the family in other countries as well. I know people say, oh, well, it's the United States. Other countries too. A lot of conservative movements around the world take their cues from the United States and from people like Dave Rubin. As you said, in 125 cities for about a year and a half, and you're constantly talking about the importance of family and the importance that for most people, and this is the way you would always say it, and it's hard to quote Jordan Peterson exactly, but something to the effect of that for most people to live a fully actualized life, mm-hmm. that being a parent is a integral part of that. It is om- There's almost no exceptions to that. You would always make a point. There are some exceptions. You might yeah, find Yeah, but there- you have to be exceptional to, to have an exception to that. So yes, you know, maybe yes, it's a third job and career and that sort of service to the broader community, and it's a third your intimate relationship, and then it's a third children and family. Um, and those proportions can vary, but if you miss one of those, there's a big gap to fill, and maybe you can fill it. You know, if you if another one of your endeavors has the expansive quality necessary to occupy two thirds of your time, more power to you, I suppose. But it's a big risk, and so you also told me, Dave, when we were talking about this before, that you you started to think about being older as well, and I suppose that, then that with your concentration on the present and the lack of role models, that there was no real vision for what it might be like to, well, to grow old in the gay community, I suppose. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. There's a reason there's no role models in the gay community for growing old, because they generally don't. In unnatural lifestyles, and what is this telling you? This lifestyle, where higher numbers drug use, STDs, other things, being a death style, being a miserable lifestyle. God in his providence is telling you to stay away from this kind of behavior. community i I hate that that phrase i know even even as you said it it's like it doesn't mean anything to me i don't think of you as part of the straight community you know it's just one of these things we say these things we don't even know exactly why we're saying them but i didn't have that role model i didn't have that there was no map there really was brotherhood of the marginalized (laughs) i guess that's a group i could be part of i suppose in in some bizarre sense um but even that is sort of nauseating i guess Mm -hmm. um but but so we're on tour together and David's texting me and we're going back and we're talking on the phone and we're FaceTime and it just keeps coming up and you keep talking about this on stage. And on top of everything else, I'm meeting all of the people that are attending the shows. Mm-hmm. And you know this, the amount of people that were in new families or that the, the wife was pregnant for the first time. And I'm seeing the joy on these people's faces. All of this is hitting me. And then you keep saying this thing that for most people, they have to do it. But Yeah, um... What's the tra- Yeah, and there's a course because we've been creating the image of God. We're going to be attracted towards certain things, the joy of it, because some people they, they see I'm miserable doing this. It was a bit like okay when I when I got saved, I was 24 years old, and I was 
out partying a lot and things like that. And I was kind of a singer in a number of local metal bands. And I just saw that this lifestyle, it wasn't involved in the homosexual community or anything like that, but this lifestyle was making me miserable. And so gradually I wanted to get away from it. A little bit little bit here and a little bit there, you get away from it. Now, hopefully, Dave Rubin and his partner, quote-unquote partner, whatever, the kid, whatever you want to call him, will come to know the Lord and will repent of this sin. Hopefully, that would be wonderful. Wonderful testimony. But Jordan Peterson's not doing any, doing any service to claim that they are married when they're not. Dave Rubin is not married. Are these exceptions? Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, well, wait a minute. Could I be the exception mm-hmm. that I could live a fully actualized, best possible life without having kids and at the same time be married to someone who wants kids? Then, then mm-hmm. what am I even right, married right. for? Well, what was right, the- right. Well, that does beg that question, right? Doesn't it? So because- now these are these things are really hitting each other, and. Because I had never, because the map wasn't there, the the roadmap just wasn't there. I started going, man, I really have to think about this mm-hmm. now. And I remember one night we were on, you were on stage, and you know I had the best. You think about it for thousands of years. There's been no map. That should tell you something. Don't ever think that you're going to be the first person ever to do anything. There's nothing new under the sun. house every night because i'm just off stage left so i'm basically watching stage you. right is actually St- better uh, stage right i guess <laughs> yeah i suppose it depends which country we were in uh but i'm you know i'm basically watching you from behind so i have sort of the back view of you to the crowd so i i genuinely felt that every night that i was part of the show every night in that sense part of the audience and i remember you said it one more time and i thought all right i i have to do this i have to do this and that's why it was okay and look, I, I sympathize to it a certain extent because Jordan Peterson is genuinely there. You can look, he, he you can see he genuinely cares about people. He wants to help people. The problem is he doesn't have the word of God and he hasn't submitted to the word of God. And so when he comes to definitions like marriage, he no longer has, he's not resting on the authority of the reveal will of God. He's, well, abandoned that it has anything to do with God. You know, he, he mentions something about divine reference later on in the interview, but. And then you have somebody like Dave Rubin coming along from a, from a very, very deviant lifestyle, seems to be helped greatly by Jordan Peterson's stuff. And that's what Jordan Peterson is doing. He's trying to help people. You can see he gets emotional at times when he's talking about various people. He. He cares in his own way. The problem is he's not really helping them. And he's not really loving them in a Christian way to tell them the truth. Because if if you told him the truth, would he continue the... I don't know if he would continue the friendship. How many people have told... Maybe I don't know, has anybody told Dave Rubin to his face, "You, you are not married. And continue the friendship with him. Maybe there are. Maybe Ali Stuckey's done it. I'm not sure. Maybe. 
But these are fundamental issues. You know, why is the whole, well, men can't play women's sports the line in the sand? Why is that the line in the sand? We shouldn't lie about marriage. We shouldn't lie about people's genders. We shouldn't lie about the created order of God. It's incredibly honest when I would say to the crowd that that being on tour with you for every reason that they were there, that you helped these people change their lives, that you did that to me too. But now, and I think the purpose of this conversation, which by the way, if you would have said to me 10 years ago that I'd be having this conversation publicly, first off, that, mm-hmm. I'd, be, that I'd be married, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. That I'd have be having kids, I wouldn't have believed you. Okay, if you say you were married, you're not married, but we've, we've dealt with that earlier. Having, having kids, he's not... In a very, very unnatural way, he's having children. I would be willing to talk about this, or even right. someone that, even someone that someone else might look to to help map it for them. I'd say you were completely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why, 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 why would you? You may be a pioneer of something. it's dangerous because this is going to be accepted. Is this going to be accepted by Fox? Is this going to be accepted by others? There was a thing a couple of weeks ago. I was listening to, I think it was Matt Walsh. I think it was Matt Walsh. He's on the Daily Wire. And how Fox News was, they had a segment on Fox News a couple of weeks ago, I think. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was maybe four weeks ago off the top of my head. And in that, they had a segment which is basically transgender propaganda. Somebody was saying that there were, I don't know, from the age of six or the age of eight or something like that. And now on the Daily Wire, so this is the thing. It's like, um, and Matt Walsh, rightly, Matt Walsh is not a Christian either. He's a Roman Catholic, but I digress. But at least, you know, so, okay, we can agree on that. Can agree on these things, but the Daily Wire, which this is actually on, I think this is on the Daily Wire's Daily Wire Plus. The last twenty minutes are on Daily Wire. Actually, but you can get it on Spotify. Actually, if you want to listen, to the last twenty minutes of this podcast, but um. Not this podcast, but Jordan Peterson's podcast. So the Daily Wire through Jordan Peterson is allowing, if you really think about it, LGBT propaganda through a well-meaning person like Dave Rubin. But this is still LGBT propaganda. You know, I was, you see, I, I remember a couple of days ago, I got rid of my Disney Plus, I unsubscribed from Disney Plus subscription. The Lightyear controversy with Buzz Lightyear and all that kind of thing. And the gay kiss, that was the line. I was done. I'm not going to tell you what the line in the sand should be for you, but when Disney are starting to put in LGBT propaganda in what is essentially a children's movie, then I'm done with you. Um, Maybe I should have been done earlier. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know anymore. But it's hard to know 
why you can even watch anymore. But that, and then they're thinking, okay, maybe Daily Wire. They're going to be putting out children's content. Great, good. Uh, but then this is happening. You see, we can think, oh, we're going to be the bastion of non-LGBT stuff. But one of the major interviews, I know children aren't going to be listening to this, but one of the major interviews on Jordan Peterson, one of the biggest podcasts on there now, that is promoting the idea that two men can be married to each other and accepts it. Look, it'd be one thing, right, if Dave Rubin came on, gave his point of view, and Jordan Peterson says, look, respectfully, I disagree with you, and I'm going to challenge you in a few points, and you want to listen to what he said. Okay, fair enough. But the, the host here has accepted it. Not really something, you know, I'd rather talk about politics, I'd rather talk about the yeah, culture well, wars important. and well, all this, of these other things. This is a political but issue a, too, yes. because we're trying to sketch out a pathway, I suppose. I mean, our culture appears to have decided that gay marriage is, well, I don't know if acceptable is the right word. It's become part of the structure of marriage itself. And so now the question is, okay, what does that mean? And that certainly opens up the question on the child front, because, yeah. I mean, in, in some ways, marriage is the union. Okay, mar no, no, not in some ways. Marriage is the union between one man and one woman. It is a union between one man and woman. You can't have it between one man and a man and a woman and a woman. It's not possible. It's not possible spiritually, anatomically, or any other way. Okay? Not possible. They're not compatible with each other. And then a family has a father and a mother. Father at the head of the household. That is the family. And you've not only redefined marriage, you've redefined the family. And so it can mean anything. So you've ended up with the same sinking sand as the left. We've ju we just have nicer conversations about it on the right. Completely pointless. Because the left will move more left, and then the right will move more left as well. It just won't be as, as to the left as the right will be. Probably. Maybe. Of two people, but in a possibly more fundamental way, it's the union of two people to provide the foundation for children. Right. And I would say that's actually paramount. I mean, our society tends to flip that around, and we tend to think of marriage as something that well, you find the partner right for you and you live happily ever after. It's, well, no, not exactly. Yeah. And, but, or maybe, maybe exactly if you also understand that living happily ever after doesn't have to be children. Um, companionship to the glory of God. You might get a definition like that. Marriage is a union between companionship. One of, one of the roles of marriage is marriage is children but just say you've got two people in their 50s and both you know both are compatible with each other say both of them are christians for example well ideally they will 
by marrying each other, will bring each other closer to the Lord. And be helpmates. Will be help one toward the, the wife being a helpmate toward her husband. So, I would be, yes, having children is part of it. But I wouldn't want to go to the medieval Roman Catholic view of that is the main view. Or that's the main reason for sex or marriage or anything else like that. Once you get married, you are a family. You're a family unit. You may or may not have children, but you're a family unit. Like, for example, my wife and I, when we got married, we didn't wait for have ch- we didn't wait until we had children before we started family worship. We did family worship. We sang together at home even before we had children. It's not about the children. It's about the family worshipping, the family unit worshipping before the throne of God. I just thought I'd mention that. Means living for other people in many ways, particularly your children. And so... And then, of course, that complicates the issue on the gay marriage front because, as we're going to talk about, it's also more technically difficult to have children if you're uh, homosexual. This is only a complicated issue if one of your best friends happens to want to do this and you don't want to tell him no. That's when it's a complicated issue. If you don't want to have a friend like that, it... take Dave Rubin out of this. Very unlikelyhood that... Jordan, you're listening. If you didn't have Dave Rubin coming to you and being very supportive and very encouraging toward your work and all this kind of stuff, take him out of this. Is this still a complicated issue? Not at all. It's just you believe, I think Jordan thinks he's found the anomaly. He's found the hen's tooth. He's found the one who's not dysfunctional. I don't know what goes on Dave Rubin's life. I don't. But I know what the Word of God shows me. And I also know, beyond that, what happens when you feed these types of lusts. And these types of lusts are not satisfied they're insatiable to the point we get when you look at the beginning of Genesis 19. Like, I, I think we, we kind of look at Genesis 19 as a kind of a strange anomaly. But when you give way to insatiable lusts, appetites, hunger, unnatural ones, then you get things like this. Genesis 19, verse 4. Before they were laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house around, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. Let's know them carnally. And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him. Verse 7, And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. By the way, there's another incident of this where they're trying to essentially do unspeakable things to another man. Unnatural things. You get the same 
example is I think it's in the book of Judges. I think it's Judges chapter 19. This is where a society would go when it's exceedingly wicked. And the loving thing to do is to point people away from that sin. By the way, we should, as Christians, point away from all sin and point towards Jesus Christ, who is the truth, the way, and the life. Right. So if you take just the the marriage part first, meaning that two people are going to choose to share their life and live together, you know, share a bed, et cetera, et cetera. I would say culturally in America, we kind of move past that. I mean, Trump ran, he's the first, first time president. He was on stage with a rainbow flag. It was, you know, and, and nobody cared. Or not, I shouldn't say nobody cared, but the enough. There you go. And this is why, this was the, some of the concerns I had. Trump changed what it meant to be conservative and made it more left. Now, it's not just Trump. A lot of other people did the same thing. If you look at, the conservatives today are the le- the liberals of about 20, 30 years ago. Socially and economically, in other ways. People felt, okay, you let people live the way they want to, to put this down and, and move ahead. But you're right that marriage has to do with something else. Otherwise, otherwise the, the word marriage wouldn't mean anything. It's like nobody really cares if... Exactly. If you redefine marriage, marriage stops meaning anything. And if you use marriage with Dave Rubin, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. Because where does it stop? Who defines it? Is it society? Well, society thinks a lot of different things. You live with your friend for the rest of your life, or you live with a man right, or a woman. Right, you know, right. people, people do this all the time in life, and it doesn't really matter. So what really is the purpose of really living with somebody and really being with somebody and sharing your life with somebody is to build something lasting, something that... I think something that you've learned and know and were taught and that you can hand that on to the next generation and hopefully they can attain and retain some of that. Well, just taking that definition of what he said, how is any of that going to be possible in the kind of marriage, quote unquote, that he has redefined and the family? It's not possible. Utterly impossible. Because... Oh, we've already cleared that up. It's what he is saying, what he is describing can only be possible between a male, a man and a woman. It's in your life too, right? Yeah. That multi-generational permanence stretching indefinitely into the future. And I mean, part of what marriage does, I think technically it's the psychological equivalent of what sex does genetically. You know, if people mix gametes, gametes, Gametes? Gametes? Gametes. Gametes? Yeah. Partly because to to ensure variability uh, and to stop the propagation of parasites, that's why we don't clone, but there's that mixing as well tends to ensure that deviations from genetic health are minimized. And so the same thing happens on the psychological affront, I would say, is that each person has their own idiosyncrasies and some of those lead them down the garden path to terrible places but if you're with someone else and you have to negotiate with them constantly then that opens up the possibility of you mutually modifying each other's personality so that you both become healthier and that your joint existence is a kind of can be a paragon of sorts and 
then that's what the child interacts with is that united front of the two parents. Right. And so you get that longevity of view, which I think helps to mature you. But you also get the There's certain element of truth in that. But, you know, like because as well, you know, you're going to get the best of both worlds with regards to male and female influence in the child. But how can you possibly have that with two men? And one of the problems with homosexual relationships is they are inherently narcissistic because they want somebody exactly like them in every way. Not compatible to each other. It's being identical to each other, even down to other, other things as well. Opportunity to become more fully fledged as a psychological being. And then I think that's furthered as well. I've often thought and said this, and I do believe it's true. It's very, very difficult to mature until you have children. And there are other ways of maturing, but it's hard. And the reason it's hard, I think, is because you're not mature until someone else is more important than you. And it's possible that that would happen with your wife, your husband, but not like with children. Well, That's I've been thinking about thing. that. I, so, you know, we're about to have our first child in a month, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, it's just something that's constantly stirring in my head that I feel like I've sort of gotten to the end. One of the things, though, when you take out the glory of God and doing all things for the glory of God that a Christian does, and it, a, a person trying to find meaning in life and duties and other things, he really finds meaning in the value, say, he brings to things and all that kind of thing. What if he can't do anything? Human life has value because we've been created in the image of God. That's why. And of where I can get mature in my maturation process, not that I can't change or get better at this or that or something, but I do feel like I'm at the end of one phase right now. I really, I very much feel that. And I think I'm feeling it more and more each day as we get closer to August uh, 22nd, which is the due date. Um, but, you know, the first part, you know, you can you can take, whether it's a straight relationship or, or a gay relationship, the dance that a couple can do and the way that they can mature each other and love each other and all of those things, that that's one thing. But the, the peace with the kids, with building this sustainable thing, it's not something that has been proven in society yet, really. You know, there mm -hmm. obviously are gay couples with kids. That, yeah. And this has been happening for decades. But it really is sort of unseen at the moment, which is why we wanted to have this conversation. And I was like, boy, I don't even know. I think a lot of things we're seeing today is a lot of the dysfunctional views of the family. And we're seeing it. <laughs> Do we see f strong family structures anywhere? No. This is not the only way that the family structure has been undermined. It's one of many, but it hasn't helped, shall we say, this whole thing of two DV men should not be allowed to ever adopt. Never mind do this. They are men involved in an abnormal, unnatural sexually deviant practices. Something you're sharing a, a house with. You couldn't have a more unfit situation, guaranteed disaster. Now, on paper, they may do lots of things, but if if you know that may be thumbs up in society. But what determines what is good, what is bad? 
Is it the word of God? Or is it the word of society? In some ways, I don't know that I'm the person that's supposed to have this conversation, but maybe that's exactly why I'm well, supposed to have this conversation. Well, we're both exploring it, you know, yeah. trying to figure it out. I mean, um, talk. maybe we can talk yeah. about exactly how it came to be that you'll have a baby in your household in six weeks. Talk about what you had to do to make that happen and why you made why you made the decisions that you made and what advantages and hazards come along with that. Sure. So first, technically, because there are biological differences between men and women, I don't want to get us canceled on YouTube, but it actually is true, Jordan. And there's also categorical differences between what is called a same-sex marriage, not a marriage, an actual marriage. You see, I know we can get all kind of, ha-ha, we, you know... You know, there's biological difference between man and female. Oh, we're so cutting edge. But but marriage, no. Well, if you can if you can redefine marriage, why not redefine what, what's male? Why? What what does it matter? Nature shows us one man, one woman, all around the world. Right? Right. So that's what we're going with, right? Well, if you can redefine, mar- why not redefine what what's male? Why, why not redefine what's female? Why not? Well, it's denying what's reality. This is denying what's reality. The the reality is Dave Dave Rubin is not married. He's not married. Uh, you know, we could not biologically have kids. So, you know, just ourselves. Uh, so we just, we talked about ad- uh, adoption for a little bit. We did. We both felt that, that the genetic component of this was important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a little while, we debated uh, going with my sister's egg. We, we thought we'd have two kids. That was the, the general thought process in the beginning. And we thought we could uh, take some of my sister's eggs. And she's a mother now. She's actually pregnant with her third uh, but that we could get her eggs and then we would take David's sperm and then we would have two children from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a long time of talking about a year debating. Okay, this is just... It's the unnatural bizarreness that this whole world of surrogacy opens up, but I digress. I mean, if people can't see the problem with this, we've really got to go back to the drawing board to what is natural going through all that there were a lot of ethical and moral issues and my my sister then would sort of would be the biological mother of my children i mean there were all sorts of things that we were about to traverse right and that's all uncharted territory right all sorts you think you know how that might go and you think you know how it might go if you have goodwill but that does not mean that you know how it will go and i have to say even that conversation having that conversation with my sister who was interested in you know when when we came to her she was sort of flattered and honored that we were even considering it. But then, you know, we said, why don't you sit with this for a little bit? And then suddenly she had a lot of those questions and she was concerned if, you know, she shows up to the birthday party and then feels this odd jealousy or what if mm-hmm. she suddenly wasn't happy with the way that we were parenting right. or that's a big one or a litany of other things. So even yeah. going through that, and this, this obviously is not the way that we ultimately went about it. Even that was sort of a, a maturation process and like, you know, what are we really trying to do here? So anyway, ultimately we decided to find a, an egg donor. I mean, basically it, it sounds sort of... Uh, 
uh, glib or something, but it's it's sort of like Tinder. I mean, you can there are these websites that exist where the the egg donors are on the site, and you try. We tried to find a girl. I didn't really care that much about the pedigree in terms of did they go to an Ivy League school or anything like that. We wanted to find a girl who obviously was physically healthy, most importantly. Um, that you know that didn't have major issues in terms of genetics and all that sort of stuff. That we thought that sort of looked like the type of girl that we might be with. So I didn't want you know a six foot five Swedish woman, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, and so we have one egg donor, meaning there were multiple eggs, and we fertilized one with David sperm and one with my sperm, and we'll have two kids. Right now we have two surrogates that are pregnant. Mm-hmm. And even talking about this, it's like, man, I get this is this is. There are two children. One has Dave Rubin is the biological parent of one, and yeah, yeah, it's just boggles the mind. Kind of crazy stuff. Putting aside putting aside gay or straight related to all of this, the whole surrogacy thing is is it's fascinating that there are first off women who are willing. To, to donate their eggs. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, and we, we talked about this, there's this criticism of somehow that you're, you're buying the egg and you're renting the woman, yeah, meaning the yeah, surrogate. Yeah. And, of course, there is a financial component to it. There is. I'm not denying that there isn't. Yeah. I can tell you, having gone through this process, and, and we had uh, a previous surrogate who had two miscarriages, they were also, you know, we were doing a lot of this during covid and during COVID, there were all sorts, the miscarriage numbers were through the roof. There were all sorts of weird things. The quality of the eggs wasn't great. They don't know exactly. They'll have to study this for years in terms of what actually happened. Um, but I can tell you that the women who offer to be the surrogates and who are uh, offering their uh, eggs, they are not doing this for the money. There's all sorts of other ways that you can make money, that anyone can make money. They are doing it. They are. They talk about that they have this ability and this gift that they can do. Um, a lot of them, there are some that won't do it for same-sex couples uh, mm-hmm. because of their mm-hmm. own ethical or religious views. Mm-hmm. Um, the surrogates that we found, they actually, one of them had a gay brother. I mean, there were all, all sorts of things that they feel that they can help other people have a family and what a better gift there is. But but all of that aside, all of the science and genetics and all that, it leads us to this thing, which I think is the heart of what we're what we're trying to talk about here, which is, so we're going to be a family with two fathers mm-hmm. and, and no mothers. And, mm-hmm. and what does that really look like? Yeah. The redefinition, the redefinition of the family, and this is what's even more concerning, something as influential as Daily Wire and is now hosting Jordan Peterson and all that. And look, generally like a lot of stuff in the Daily Wire and all that kind of thing. And if this stuff was on, the typical leftist stuff, you know, Guardian UK, MSNBC, CNN in America probably wouldn't touch it. You know, wouldn't be worth my time. But this is the right. This is the conservative right, and this is what is well acceptable on the right. We're trying to get up to twenty-five minutes. I'm going to do more of this on the next program. It'll be podcast only. Probably maybe next week, early next week. I'll try and get the rest of this covered. But we'll try and get a few more minutes of this done. It's very easy to just say, okay, gay people should have kids. 
or gay people should get married and gay people should it's have kids. It's easy to say a it's lot just, of things. It's easy to say and an awful lot of not, things. As you said, it's not that easy for a gay couple to have kids. Right. It's so very put, complicated. So putting aside the, if you're going to go the surrogacy route, putting aside all the finances and all of that stuff that, that eliminates an awful lot of people from even being able to do it. Fortunately, we're, we're able to do it. Okay. Uh, but now it gets us to the, to the real part here, which is that now we're going to ha- live in a household with two fathers. There's going to be no mother involved. And, and what is that? really mean right. well, and, and i understand okay i'm gonna leave it there because it could be there could be here all night um i'm gonna do one more program on this probably lord willing maybe tuesday we'll see um so if you've got any questions we get a radio at gmail.com it's hard to know what to say at times but we've got to stick with God's word. Things are, have been revealed clearly in nature and also things have been revealed clearly in scripture. What is the will of God? And this is contrary. These are crimes contrary to nature. Deborah was not married and two fathers do not constitute a family. This is Paul Flynn. May God bless you all.